Scrap motherfuckers. Mm, get them. What up, my glip glops? What's Good. up? What's up, homie? <laughs> Caught a lot of avalanche. What's up? New studio, new digs, we Gucci. Yeah. And welcome back to the 21st episode of the Small Market Insecurities Podcast. It's your boy, Phil Razor. We are here on a beautiful Tuesday evening in Columbus, Ohio. Sitting across from me once again, per usual, the co-host of Chaos, Sky Ball. Sky, how are we doing tonight, man? So if you rap motherfuckers? Mm, get him. Also to the left, the guy you love to hate, Stack Guy Nate. Nate, how are you doing tonight, dude? Oh, man, it's a victory Tuesday. What like frat guy Nate with that haircut? Oh, buddy, don't even get me started. <laughs> that is a fresh haircut. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You look good, buddy. Thanks, bud. You Got know. it done in the new place. Trusted a new guy. You've been doing it for 40 years. Yeah. Let me tell you, this guy, I'll shout him out here real quick. Uh, Jim over at Mug and Brush Barbershop over in uh, Gehanna, Creekside. He live here in the Columbus area. Um, guy knows what he's doing. Let me Shout out you. Jimbo. Mug and Brush. Then they have a parlor next door where you can get a rub and tug so mug rub and tug you usually pay double for that kind of action cotton said i'm gonna go in for my next haircut and say hey uh instead of cash i promoted you on my podcast we both just choked on nothing at the same time right that was fucking bizarre also i don't i don't know how well that's gonna go for you nate i don't think it's gonna go over well not at all maybe tell you what once once we get the once you get the stickers and shit made just give him a couple free stickers throw him a t-shirt tell him I need like three or four. Hours. Tell all of his geriatric friends to listen to us. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Sure. I, if I, I feel like geriatrics offensive. Yeah, I, I, I probably won't say that. I know. I was being facetious. Whatever so, facetious means, I'm not really sure. We all <laughs> Fair enough. It's actually facetious is the only word in the English language that has all the vowels in order. So fun fact. There you go, folks. Now let's hop into the uh, on this date, November 10th. We're going to go back to 1934. <laughs> The first NHL penalty shot is awarded to Mont- Montreal Canadien forward Armand Montu. Stop by Toronto oh, goaltender close. George Hainsworth in a Maple Leafs 2-1 win. So, on this date, all the way back in the 30s, the first ever NHL penalty shot. So, but that was a fun one. We haven't really done a hockey one outside the Gordie Howe. So, thought that'd be cool. But, guys, let's dive into it. We had a large weekend in the National Football League. Going to touch on a few, and then we'll hop into a few a little more in-depth later on. Um, last Thursday night, we kind of had a shit show on our hands. Uh, Colts and Jets. And this game, the Colts dominated yep. pretty much all night long. And then the Jets stormed back with 22nd half points. The final score, if you took the under in this game, that sucks. Because the Colts won 45-30. to um, They went to 4-5. and five. They're doing their best to hang in there uh, with the Titans, who refused to lose. So... They're doing everything they can to stay in the wild card picture right now. Um, Nate, you got a couple any any stats that stood out in that game? Well, let me take a look here and see. I mean, Josh Johnson coming in and uh, you know throwing for a little nice little three seventeen for New York. I mean, yeah. he had to step in. Nothing bad. Um, I mean, but Carson Wentz, yeah, he threw three touchdowns, two hundred seventy two yards. His passer rating was one thirty four. It's pretty good day. Yeah, it's you know not a bad day at the office. I mean, but Jonathan Taylor's nineteen for one seventy two and two touchdowns, mm-hmm. and that long for seventy eight man. 
I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was like one minute there were guys near him. Next second, he's just alone by himself. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a good day. For, it was a good day for NFL running backs all around. So, you know, congrats to the Colts. They're 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 hanging in there tough. Uh, we you know we love Indy obviously here. That's another Midwestern uh, you know great sports town. So, shout out to the Colts. On the top down here, let's go to a game that didn't really go in the small market favor. Uh, pa- Patriots Panthers. Pats uh, did a number on them. They won twenty four to six. A lot of quarterback questions down there in Carolina. They are signing Matt Barkley this week. They made that evident. He's going to come in there and compete with PJ Walker and and Sam Darnold. A lot of problems down there. McCaffrey just first game back. Not really a whole lot to talk about in that game, other than you know the Patriots look like they're improving and the Panthers are going in the opposite direction. Since being three and zero, they are one and five. Wasn't that the game where didn't Mac Jones like twist somebody's fucking ankle or something? Uh, I, like, I didn't, didn't see that. Didn't see anything about that. I think I, I, I swear to God, I just saw something about that on Twitter, and I watched it. and I was like, "Damn, that is fucking that's dirty as fuck." Oh, I did see the Patriot way. Patriot yeah, way. that's the Patriot way. I did see. Uh, if you ain't tried. I did see in Matt Rule's post game uh, interview that he was asked about Sam Darnold's interceptions, and he's like, "I don't know what he's thinking on some of these. He's just throwing it down the field." He's like, "We need better leadership." Yeah, he's like, it, "It's got to stop at some point. Like, when are you, when are you gonna learn?" Yeah, folks, I, I think we might have been wrong about Sam Darnold I don't know if we're entirely wrong about Sam Darnold but I think right now he's in a rut he is he's 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 not in a good place he started off the season hot he's in a bad place now really he doesn't have a lot of help around there and playing without McCaffrey for a while that really hamstrings the offense but the Panthers are trending in the wrong direction good thing they got a decent basketball team in the Hornets down there let's just put it that way so top down to the Falcons and the Saints I don't know if anybody saw this this game was a gong show so the Falcons were dominating and at the end of three, it was 17 to three. And then they went up, I think it was 24 to three in the fourth. And then the Saints came all the way back and made, and took a 25-24 lead just to lose on a field goal 27-25 to the Falcons. So it was one, nice for once that the Falcons didn't blow a three-plus touchdown lead, you know, in a game for Matt, once. Matt Ryan sucks. Well, he was good enough on this Sunday, to be honest. Yeah, I mean... Good enough, but he's not. The Saints fall to five and three. I mean, it's going to be tough for them. Trevor Simeon started twenty-five of forty-one, two forty-nine, and two touchdowns. Eh. I As mean, we would call it a pedestrian day. Yeah, Taysom Hill was came in and threw two passes. Matt Ryan did three forty-three, two touchdowns. By the way, with a ninety-four QBR. All right, I'll give him that one. Yeah, he, I mean, he had a good day. Yeah, the Saints are trying in the right direction with Kamara and Ingram back, and you know they gave him twenty-four combined carries. I think if they're going to win games, they're going to need the two of them to have 30 combined carries. They're going to need to limit Trevor Simeon throwing the ball 40-plus times. He needs to be more, a little more Baker Mayfield-esque. Under 30 throws, and you're in a good position. So, yeah, you need to be more of a game manager. 100%. And that's kind of where they are as a franchise right now. I mean, it just... I mean, they're the, just... They're the post-Drew Brees era, now Jameis is out, It's it, this is tough. They're kind of just... Yeah, they're just, I guess, treading water. Yeah. Until something happens. Exactly. Nate, do you have anything you want to toss in on that game where we... Good to move on. No, I nothing else to add. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, we're going to go to uh, Cards Niners. Colt McCoy stepped in. 84.6% completion percentage in the game. Fucking Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, out of nowhere, steps in for an injured Kyler Murray. They did a beatdown. James Conner had three total touchdowns, like 170 total oh, yards. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. He had a really good day out there. So, hey, kudos to the Cardinals, man. They're in first place in the division. 
we'll get to the other game that impacted that as well. James Conner is a great all-purpose back. He is. And, you know, start, it, it sucks seeing him go from Pittsburgh because I liked him. I did. I don't think he's better than Najee Harris, but I think. No, but, no. But I think him in a tandem with Chase Edmonds in Arizona is a it's perfect great. fit for him. Because Najee's in every down back, so they don't need him in Pittsburgh. The Cardinals needed him, and he went to a great spot with a great quarterback yeah. for his skill set. I'm starting set, to yeah. think. I'm starting to think the Cardinals might be able to come out of the NFC. I mean, with that they, they haven't done it in a while, but I don't disagree. I mean, they're, a, they're starting to look like the most. It's a tall task. team in the NFC, and they've you know this helps them. I mean, you know, a win against a team in your division that's what you need right now. Yep. Yeah. The, I mean, you know, the unfortunate. And, uh, wait, they they also have a win <laughs> over the Rams, right? Yes, they did yeah, win. They, yeah. they won their only meeting I mean, with the Rams. I think they're going to definitely make a Super Bowl run. They, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they'll. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like I, I think they're going to be they're going to be in the Super Bowl representing the NFC. That's a hot take, but I love it. Uh, I, I think. I, I so you think they a, you think they could beat Rodgers and they could beat Brady? I was about to say there's a Brady. Gentleman. I think Brady and Stafford. Be I was about to say there's a gentleman down in Tampa Bay who would like to have a word with Brady's going to be the trickiest one. And I told you never bet against Tom Brady, but. I don't know the way the Cardinals have been playing. I think there's a good shot that they could come out of the NFC for the Super Bowl. I hope the divisional is Tom and Aaron rematching after last year's title game. And then the the Cardinals get the one seed and they don't have to worry about that. The Packers looked atrocious. Oh, well, we'll we'll get there. Without Aaron Rodgers. We'll get there. We'll get there. Without Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are are nothing. We'll touch on it soon. Um, We'll top down real quick. I would love to jump further in depth in this game, but the, the game itself didn't allow it. My beloved Jacksonville Jaguars beat... The Buffalo Bills against all odds, 14 and a half point dogs. They beat them nine to six, which reversed nice. I mean, yeah, I, Meyer might have something to say. A little, little, nice. a little six nine, no matter which way it goes. Hey, they when, when you nut, she keeps sucking. They grinded. Oh. They grinded it out. You know. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Josh Allen. Were they photographed? We really don't need to get into the offensive stats of this game because there was nothing around him. Josh Allen beat Josh Allen. Yeah, the number 41 for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, I believe 10th overall pick a few years ago. He's a defensive end. Had a couple sacks, a bunch of tackles, uh, first career interception, and he recovered a fumble, and I believe he forced one on a strip sack too. Yeah. So that Josh Allen got the better of the Josh Allen with this podcast. Still holds in very high regard, but had a bad day. Yeah. Yeah, not a great. Everybody, day. everybody has a bad day at the office, man. It, it happens. It, it's it's okay. Nate, Nate has bad days all the time. Look at us. Look at us. Forgot to turn on the light. Forgot to turn on the sign. Turn on the light. You know that you know that the audio doesn't record unless the sign is on. Good God! You got to start all the way over. Yeah, I mean, we just burned like what fifteen minutes. Jeez. No, we didn't. Shut up. It's over. <laughs> I, I, I knew we should have went with Vanessa Carlton as the intro song. I'm sorry. We'll do it next time. Um, let's hop down to a game I want to go a little more in-depth on, guys. I think it warrants a little further look just because it was a good game. Um, the Ravens and the Vikings. And the crazy part about this game, truthfully, the first three quarters, the Vikings are in control. Baltimore comes back, scores late, goes to overtime. Baltimore wins 34-31 over Minnesota. So once again, now Minnesota has five losses by a combined 18 points. That's brutal in the National Football League. Kirk Cousins, 17-28, 187, two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 27-41, 266, three and two. I mean, Kirk Cousins, with all due respect to the passing yardage, outplayed Lamar in this game in terms of in terms of through the air because Kirk yeah. obviously doesn't run. Right. Lamar had 21 for 120 on the ground, though, which is the game-changing part because yeah. Lamar's QBR was 48.5. Ooh. So. Yucky. That's, that's, and that's – 
exactly what Lamar does. That's what yeah. Lamar brings to an offense. He brings that ability to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what Justin Fields will bring to the Bears and what every it's what, Ky- it's what Kyler does, it's, it's what Josh what, Allen does. It's what every dual threat quarterback Russell ever Russell's done. Dak does it. They're all well and it's crazy. Just random thought. If you go back like five, six, seven years in the NFL, this conversation is being had mentioning all these dual threat quarterbacks in the league. It's like Mike Vick and Cam Newton. And then all of a sudden we've had this like these last couple of years just like blooding of like well, and, dual, dual threats. And now we got Trey Lance in San Francisco, like Sidebar, just on my end, I always got annoyed growing up, like, oh, can this guy be a pro quarterback? Now they look at the guys that have been doing this in college 25 years and go, this guy's going to be a great pro quarterback. Because the NFL has basically adopted what they do in college. Yeah. You know, they've looked at these offenses in college and gone, wow, these are explosive. The NFL wants better offense. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, the 90s and 2000s NFL was phenomenal, but... It was 24-21, 27-24. If a team hit 30 points, you're like, what was the defense doing? Now a team hits 30 points, and you're like, oh, they had a good day at, you know, good day at the office. Like, it happens. Yeah. So the NFL has evolved more. It's weird, like in the reverse of the college game. Like, the athletes have gotten so good that they've gone, well, we're going to spread everybody out yeah. and make these defenses have to play a full 52-and-a-half yards, whatever, 53-and-a-half yards, however long the field is. doesn't matter wide the field is. But they – Oh, it's almost got in reverse of what's normally happened. So it's cool. Right. It's cool to see these guys be able to put up, you know, what we used to call Madden numbers. Now it's just Sunday numbers. Yeah, it's not well, a big I mean, deal like, anymore. Like we were saying a couple episodes ago about Josh Allen, like uh, uh, saying that his day was pedestrian with like you know over two hundred something passing yards mm-hmm. and two touchdowns, no picks. It's like, oh, and that's pedestrian for him. Like yeah. that's the league that we're watching now. It's true. Guys like Hollywood Brown were so undersized back in the day. He puts up nine for one sixteen this week. He might have lasted in the league two years, 20 years ago. Yeah. Before his body gets beat to shit by every DB and every John Lynch safety. Yeah. Now the safeties, you know, linebacker hybrids. Now it's like just a, you know, position fluid defense. Yeah. You don't really, it's, not, it's different. plays at least like one or two positions. Or yeah. Two or three positions. You got guys like Isaiah Simmons out in Arizona who can step back and play free safety. Or you can line up and be a pass rusher like a Von Miller. Right. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. So, no, that was cool. But, yeah, I mean. Vikings are three and five. It's tough. I mean, that division with the Packers, it's tough anyways. Ravens still looking like the class of the AFC North. I mean, they're six and two now. So it, yeah, it's I mean, looking more and more like they're going to. The Bengals, I don't know if I if I'm sticking with Cincy as number one. I think the Ravens might have just taken <laughs> back that number one spot. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start calling you IHOP because you're the international house of flopping your fucking division winners over there. It's, I mean, in my in my defense, it's been back and forth between Cincinnati and the Ravens. Been been flopping. I'm sure. No, I'm just teasing about to him. Ben be off the podcast. Am I right, boys? Um, let's go to a game that, uh, outside of Jags Bills, was probably the most shocking result of the weekend. Last week they tra- <laughs> they trade Von Miller. Everybody's talking about fully blowing this shit up. Tank mode. You know, I, I think I even said tank mode right when, yeah. when you told when when you told me that. Oh, you have little faith. I am of little faith. And the Denver Broncos got out to a 27-0 lead on the Cowboys and won the game 30-16. to I mean, they're 5-4. and four. The AFC West is – nobody's running away with that division right now. And they also – they were like – I mean, they were written off Oh, much. Everybody had them dead. Yeah. They lost to the Browns on Thursday Night Football and looked hopeless, and it's like, okay. And I, now they're just like, well, and guess now what? Now they're 5-4. and four. They say, sight! We back. It's like – yeah, I mean, that hell of a win. Um, Bite the pillow. Dallas, we're going in dry. They did. They did go in dry. I mean, they shut out Dallas for three quarters. Um, 
really in this game, Javante Williams had a great day on the ground. So did Melvin Gordon. I mean, they ran the ball 38 times. That is a recipe for success for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Run the ball like that. I mean, they Dak was damn. 19 to 39 for Dak. That's really all you need to know in that regard. Yeah, uh, when Dalton Schultz is your leading receiver with four catches and the rest Ooh. of the exactly cares. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. So someone had five catches uh, for them. It doesn't matter. Um, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy had nice days at the office uh, in terms of Denver receiving. Um, but yeah, nice t- to see Jerry Judy back. Yeah, the yeah. It's, thank Especially God. Especially as a uh, fantasy GM. Yes, yes. It's, Teddy, uh, very nice. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater didn't have to do a ton, but nineteen to twenty-eight for two forty-nine. I mean, I mean Teddy. Teddy's yeah. starting to look. You know, he's starting to look better again. Yeah, I mean, he has his ups and downs, but he's just inconsistent. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's just, he'll have a streak of really good games, and I have a streak of like, nah, I don't know about that. Ooh, is t- is Teddy Bridgewater the next Ryan Fitzpatrick career traveling? I mean, how many teams has he already been on? A bunch. I mean, the Vikings, the Saints, the Panthers, yeah. and the Broncos. Yeah. And I, if, if I'm the Broncos and I finish, let's just say for the hell of it, they, they they draft a quarterback in the first 45 picks. Does he start next year? Do they trade no. him and keep Drew Locke? Do they well, trade they, Drew Locke? I don't know. Drew, Locke, uh, Drew Locke's a fucking bum. Well, Drew Locke doesn't really have any value. Teddy Bridgewater would be the guy you trade because he has value. Yeah, Drew Locke fucking blows. Yeah, that's fair. So, hey, they found a way to get a win. That's all that matters in this league. Um, they beat the Cowboys, so... I'm 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 just glad the Cowboys lost. Yeah, America wins when the Cowboys lose. <laughs> exactly. Let's hop over to a game. Um, yeah, this game was shit too. But uh, the Chiefs beat the Packers thirteen to seven. It's like watching paint dry. The Chiefs didn't score in the second half, and the Packers didn't score until there was like four and a half minutes left. Yeah. Jordan Love looked whatever in his first career start. Patrick Mahomes and company looked whatever. The Chiefs have done it like a one eighty in the last month. They've gone from an offensive juggernaut previous three seasons to now, the defense looks good. doesn't really matter who you're playing in the league. You hold them to seven points. That's a good day. So, they won. They're five and four. I mean, whatever. But does anybody have anything about this game they want to go over? Do you, do you have any, like, stats for us that, Nate, that anything that sticks out to you about this game? Like, I don't know. There's not a lot to talk about in this game, but. No. I mean, not really. I'm just, I mean. Doesn't help Green Bay when you're, when you're two for twelve on third down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely uh, three fumbles, one lost. That certainly is not a not a good day. But you know, from a player like individual stats perspective, I mean, Jordan Love, nineteen of thirty four, one ninety, sixty nine passer rating. One nice. Out, one touchdown, one pick. Um, let's see. Could have been worse. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, 20 for 37, 166, one touchdown, 74, 74 passer rating. Did he throw a pick? Uh, no, no pick. Oh, he broke that streak then. Yeah, he managed to escape that one. Yeah. But man. really, it was just a piss-poor outing from both teams. It was a really boring game. Yeah. Let's um let's go down to the next game, shall we? Uh, a game I don't think anybody really saw this one happening either. Titans went on the road. They got Adrian Peterson in there. They're running a bunch of you know guys you never heard of to run the ball, and yeah, they beat the Rams twenty eight sixteen. I mean, good for the Titans. They're seven and two. They're running away with AFC South. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a unexpected win right here. Yeah. I mean, they. I think everybody would have written off the, you know, especially after Derrick Henry. 
going out at last week. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rams at home. I mean, come on. Yeah. Did you see Matt, Matt Stafford almost eat that safety? Oh, yeah. Matt Stafford, man. Jeff Simmons was fucking terrorizing him. 31 of 48, 294, one touchdown, two picks. Sacked five times by yeah. the Titans. Was Jeff Simmons, I think, had, what, two of those? Um, yeah. I saw a stat today that said the Titans last year, through 16 games, were tied for, like, almost dead last in sacks in the NFL. This year they have 23 sacks in nine games. Jesus. So they're getting pressure on the quarterback, which yeah. is quintessential to a Mike Vrabel-led team. I mean, that's what he did his whole career. Yeah. Pressure everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, Tannehill did what he had to. I mean, what? I'm not going to read out those numbers. They gave AP 10 carries. Yeah, I How mean. How many yards AP have? 21. 21. Oh, that's. Yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. Come on. For, first game back, guy that probably shouldn't even be in the league right now. What are we, what, we, what, we weren't expecting, you know, 21 carries for. You know, 100 yards. No, I mean. No, it, no. But, I mean, at least, like, get you, like, go out there and get you, like, some, you know, 30, 40 yards. Cooper Cup was really the only offensive guy in this game. He had 11 catches for 95 yards because he's a beast. Yeah. Cooper I mean, Cup's Robert Woods. Animal. Sorry. What were you going to say? Cooper Cup's an animal. Yeah. Robert Woods had 7 for 98. Other than that, yeah, not really anything too erratic in that game uh, in terms of the offensive numbers. Um, Let's go to a game that Stack High Nate's going to hold near and dear. Ah. <sighs> The Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Chicago Bears. 29-27 Bears. Tw- Bears. last night. Again, the Steelers adamantly tried to throw away. Um, Nate, I'll let you take over and kind of talk about this. Yeah. Let me start with this. Oh, my God. Well, you could have tried. You couldn't have tried to lose anymore if you were Pittsburgh. I mean, they started out the game absolutely great firing on all cylinders you know 14 nothing or 14 three lead going into halftime I felt pretty good about it I was like okay you know Justin Fields this offense for the Bears they can't get anything going Pittsburgh's wrecking them you know gonna be probably like a you know nice little 35-6 win no no Justin Fields settled into the game Pittsburgh got lax he brought them back I mean made some incredible throws in that game yeah um, Justin you know, Fields looked really good in the second yeah. half. The ball to Marquise Goodwin really stood out to me. He put yeah. it 60 yards on a diamond. Goodwin did his best to drop it yeah. because he's a track star. You're running, he's a track star. He's definitely not a wide receiver, but he's made a career outrunning everybody. But that catch, that throw from Justin Fields, he's lined up in the pocket and let it go, and I was like, okay. For all the people that think Justin Fields sucks, have you thought about maybe it's the offensive scheme and Matt Nagy? Yeah. Uh, breaking news for you guys here real quick. So, uh, you guys have probably noticed I've been peeking over at my phone very often. No. Well, I'm looking up. I, I can't get a stream going right now for some reason, but I got Ohio State and Akron. Yep. College first game of the year. Uh, right now, 67-66 Ohio State with one second left. Uh, Ali Ali from Akron with six seconds left in the game uh, made a three-pointer and one to take the lead over Ohio State, 66-65. Ohio State inbounded, and Zed Key made a layup assisted by Malachi Branham with one second left in the game. Do we root for the Buckeyes in that, or are we sad for the small market? <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the Buckeyes. Well, I'm, I'm no, sad, of course, I'm we're all Buckeye basketball fans. I'm sad but... for the small market. I mean, but these guys, it, it looks like these guys absolutely showed out today from Akron. Um, you got Ali Ali. He had 14 points, three rebounds, two assists. Uh, 
you know, team just went out. Xavier Castaneda uh, out there tonight. Say that three times fast. Yeah. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. K.J. Walton, 16 points, 3 rebounds. Uh, you know, just seems like the, a... And the game is now final. That's right. Final. Let's go box. So there we go. All right. So outside of that, Nate, last night, one thing that stood out to me as I was watching that game... Personally, well, and, and, with I'm, without a healthy Chris Boswell, I don't know if they win that game. I mean, they do have Josh Lambeau on the practice squad, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they win that game last night without Chris Boswell. No, I don't think we do either. That fifty-four, um, that fifty-four yard field goal that he made, yeah, early in the second half that put him up twenty-three thirteen. Yeah, that to me was the turning point in that game. If he misses that, then the Bears have all the momentum. I think that, and I think also uh, the the refs being out there for that uh, taunting call. On Cassius Marsh. On Cassius Marsh, yeah, I think that was. Uh, I think that would have changed the game completely. And honestly, as a Steelers fan, I'll sit here and even say that is a terrible fucking call. Terrible fucking call. I mean, yeah, it helped my team out. Great, sure, I'll take it. But as, as just a pure football fan, I hate this fucking taunting rule. This is bullshit. This is a league where taunting. Is what the game is, man. It's about showing up another team, showing up another man. If you're out there on the side, like sure you love fuck. showing up other men. You don't think Randy Moss loved to show up another motherfucker out there on the field? And that's why they call it getting mossed. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But like this, this shit. He didn't do anything. All he did was look at the fucking sideline. That's it. Yeah, I mean. I, I think the league's gonna league's gonna be getting some calls this weekend. Uh, they need some... well. The thing is, he he, the punter ran on whatever that the, the thick boy that came on oh, the punter yeah. Presley Harvin. There we go. The big <laughs> the the thick boy that ran on to punt for He's the uh, Steelers. Yeah, and he uh, Presley Harvin. They uh, he he wasn't looking at him. He was looking at the bench, but he wasn't next to the bench, so he didn't say anything. And then he runs off, and the ref like backs into him a little bit, almost hip checks him. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it looked it looked like an NHL defenseman, you know, rubbing out into the boards to win the puck yeah. back. No, I, I mean it definitely looked intentional. And honestly, I'll also say too, and they and the uh, announcers pointed this out, but they were not making calls, roughing the passer calls on Justin Fields that were absolutely fucking egregious. It's I bullshit mean, that they act like you have to earn that right. Yeah, is it a penalty or not? It, it that, exactly, man. He got absolutely. There was one play. Where he got two, uh, where he took two steps after Justin Fields threw the ball and hit him, and man, it was just a bad. It like that. Sh- it should have been. It should have been rough in the passer. And I'm and I'm like obviously as a Steelers fan, I'm gonna take this shit. But as a football fan, these the refs this year are being are fucking terrible. I I don't know. I I want all new refs. All new fucking refs. Well, John Mara and the committee that. Went into the you know the, the sportsmanship committee should be ashamed of themselves for what they've implemented as taunting. Yes, if you get a first down and you throw the ball in the opponent's face, that's yeah that, that sets a bad example for kids watching the game. They should not be doing that yeah in their own games. Absolutely. But staring down someone for three seconds and then walking away, if you make a great play and you you know you got you know you, you not standing over him, not AI stepping over a guy over Ty Lue. I'm talking, you drill a guy and you stand up. You don't look at him. You just stare off like, yeah, I did that. Who cares? Yeah. These guys work their whole lives to live out their dreams. And you're just saying, no, now you have to act like you've been there before. What if they haven't? And what if they never get a chance again? 
they could get hurt at any moment and never play in the NFL again. Let them have some fucking fun. Yeah, and honestly, man, like flex. Even if it's just sitting there flexing over a dude, or just you know, you're yeah. get you're. It's the heat of the moment, man. Like this is a physical game. It's a game of emotion. It like these are yeah. intense. It's a game fuck, of inches. It's a these are intense fucking. So six inches in front of your face. Yeah, don't sue me, Al Pacino. Yeah, so is dating. These guys are playing for a. Che- <laughs> these guys are playing. For a- these guys are at work. They're playing for a check every fucking week. Okay. Yeah. You know, and there's always somebody that'll take your game check if you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. Absolutely. Hundreds of guys that'll take your game Absolutely. check. And, you know, and I, I'd like to say this. I'll leave it with this. Uh, you know, I think most people's parents uh, said this to them as they were growing up. Um, I mean, at least my parents did. They said, you know, children are better, or children are meant to be seen, not heard. And that's what I'd like to think of refs as. Refs should be seen, not heard. Hundred percent. Yeah. We don't need... It's a good game if you're not bitching about it at the end. Yeah. That, like, I don't need you headlining this shit. Yeah. You know, make the, make the right calls. There are egregious holding calls that you guys miss, and then you try to make up for them with just asinine calls. Like, no. Like, if, if you miss a call, then you, you, you've missed a call. You don't get to make up for it with some other yeah. egregious bullshit oh, call. No. F- fair enough. Fair enough. Well said, Nate. Stack Guy Nate dropping the knowledge. Um, let's hop over to the last game we're going to discuss. The Battle of Ohio happened this weekend, but you, we saved it for last because, one, sorry, Bengals fans, we're going to let Sky enjoy this day. Um, the Browns absolutely clapped the cheeks, as we oh, like yeah. to say. Took them out there in the midfield, just jerked their fucking roars down. Sky, what would you say was the turning point in this game? <clears throat> the fucking the Denzel Ward interception, hundred. It set the tone. It set yeah. the tone from Ooh. the beginning. They went after and punched them right in the fucking chin. It set the tone right away. Yeah, I and mean, if the Bengals go in and score based on the week the Brown, the tumultuous week the Browns had, I, I mean, I'm not saying that's the game over, but it gives the Bengals a sense of we can bury them, you yeah. know. And the defense plays on a higher emotion. Joe Burrow goes out and throws that pick, and the defense goes. Now we're on the field next, and we're already down seven nothing, and we haven't even been on the field yet. Yeah, it's demoralizing on both sides of the ball. Well, dog is still the king of the jungle. Nick Chubb, fourteen carries for one hundred thirty-seven yards. Yeah, something fucking insane. And then, uh, I mean, Baker was—he was what fourteen and twenty-one, mm-hmm. two hundred eighteen, yeah, two hundred eighteen, no two touchdowns. Yep, no picks. That ball to Donovan Peoples-Jones. In double coverage, where he just dropped it right in there on a, it was what, like 60 yards? OBJ? Nah. DPJ? Yeah. Yeah, give me that. What, what did Nate, Nate, what did you send me? You said, um, you said, said, I don't, I said, I don't need a PB, or said, I don't need an OBJ. I don't want a PBJ. Uh, don't I got need, a, don't need an LBJ. I got I, a DPJ. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Browns by a million or something like yeah. that. Tired, tired, OBJ. Yeah. Wired, DPJ. Odell? Oh, well. Um, but no, uh, I'm going to actually, speaking of which, while we're on the subject, I'm going rogue and just doing this guy tribe right now. I, Do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm just going to go rogue. So, we did the first one, posted the video. Yep. Caught a little bit of heat, in my opinion. So, uh, hey, if you hit a few home runs, pitchers are going to throw up and in at you. Yeah, just, uh, just keep in mind. I was right. I was right. Go into it. Go off. So... Here's the deal. We had evidence from last year. We had the stats. <clears throat> OBJ not being on the field makes the Browns better. Because Baker Mayfield, Dan Orlovsky, I, I don't agree with him often, but he did have a, he did make a good point in a clip that I was watching on, t- on Twitter from uh, 
uh, first take or something like that, or whatever it was. Um, but he was talking about how with OBJ off the field, Baker Mayfield, because Baker Mayfield is just a he's he's a he's a plays over player kind of guy. Yeah. And so you know everybody always says players over plays, but he's a play over players guy. Like he you just he just has to let that play run its course, and he's decent at reading defenses. So I mean, you see him on deep ball passes, you know, of more than twenty yards. Dude's fucking laser accurate. Yeah. And it, it's really insane. And I think OBJ was a distraction. And because if you look at his stats um, during the first one, I, I kind of fucked up the stats. The um, passer rating that Baker had when he was throwing to OBJ was 78.2%. Mm-hmm. And then every, the, the the next guy up was 108 point something percent. Yeah. Like an OBJ was. Or his QBR was 108 to his QBR was 78. Yeah. Not not percent, just overall QBR. Or, uh, no worries. Yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah no worries, no worries. I just, I just started smoking that dope, trying to do numbers and stuff. I, I didn't want people to get confused and say 108% completion. Like, that's not, no. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Pass rating. Um, Perfect. But, uh, but yeah, and then receptions, I think he had like 114 receptions for seven touchdowns in, what, three years, four years? Yeah, three, three plus, whatever. Three and a half, whatever. And it, so, to everybody that's saying free OBJ... Baker went out there and just fucking said, hey, I'm going to show you guys why we don't need him. Because everybody, every receiver on that team had a reception. Some guys, I think there was like a couple guys that had two. But everybody else got at least one. Baker's really good at spreading the ball. The Browns play selfless, you know, they play selfless football. Landry had That's three, when we're at our best. Landry had three catches for 11 yards. And then DPJ had two for 86. Chubb had two for 26. Bryant, two for 26. Felton, one for 22. Joku, one for 18, got in the end zone. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, one for 15. Hooper, two for 14. So Okay, yeah. But, but I mean, literally, he's it, hitting everybody. It's a good game when Baker only has to oh, play 14 Chuck, passes. And Chuck, yep. two for 26. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, and that's the thing, like, Baker's not a superhero. He's not, like, an elite-tier quarterback. He, But he's a game manager. You don't – you start taking him past that 20 to 25 passes a game, that's when you start seeing the picks. That's when you start seeing him fuck up. And as long as you can keep him in that, like, you know, 18 to 25 range on pass attempts and just let the running backs do their job, you can win a Super Bowl in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. I don't disagree with you, but do you think that's why people don't think he's elite and that, that why Browns fans Browns fans rate him perfectly for what he does there? On a stat sheet, he does, for the majority of his, his play, look elite. But if you watch him in a game... He doesn't come off as an elite quarterback, if that makes sense. But if you look at his stats, like like week nine, he had the highest uh, QBR. This week, Justin Fields did. Baker was number two. Or well, that was on Sunday when I read that. Yeah, sorry. Okay, yes. So yeah, 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 I forgot. Justin, or yeah. yeah, Baker was number one Sunday. So Justin, Justin was, passed him over. Justin was number one overall. <laughs> yep. Okay, cool. So, okay, you guys want to hear my hot take after just kind of hearing, you know, just kind of looking at things right here. Just after hearing what you said, if you add on a couple of offensive line pieces and a good complimentary back to Joe Mixon, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are almost identical to the Cleveland Browns. With a better quarterback, in my, a, in with, my opinion. With a better quarterback. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, and, and I think it kind of balances, because if you look at the Browns versus the Bengals, if, if that scenario were to play out, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both better than Joe Mixon. 
So if, even if you get a running back better than Joe Mixon, we're still going to have the edge in the running back department. They would have the edge in the quarterback department. So I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't agree that Kareem Hunt's better than Joe Mixon. I think Nick Chubb is better. Are than Are you Joe out Mixon. of your fucking mind? No, I, I I'm I'm with him there. I think I think Kareem I, Hunt is a way better running back. Than I I think Kareem, Kareem Hunt Kareem looks Hunt better because Kareem. he's played for the Chiefs and he has Nick Chubb as spelling. He's a great like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's. Not a great running back. He is a great running back, and sure. he, I would put him in the top probably 15 backs. But I would put Joe Mixon just a little bit higher just because I think he runs a little bit harder in the middle. I think he – I mean, I think Kareem Hunt – I think Kareem Hunt is a better, like, receiving back. I think when it comes to catching balls out of the Yeah, backfield. but I mean, if you watch him just take straight-up draws, I mean, dude, he'll punch that fucking I think it, it's, it's, I it's think it's. Possible. I think it's because he has Nick Chubb with him. I think no, it's also I think impossible it's, to bring down. I think it's that, and I think also... He's, he's fresher. I think that offense, with that offensive line, and I'm not... With that offensive line, a lot of people could run good, and Kareem Hunt can run really good when, yeah. he, has, when he has that. He's got the speed... To yeah. hit those holes, but I think if but I think if you looked at what he did in Kansas City, that's not what they used him for, and I don't think that's where. And it's because if you don't have a good offensive line that can clear the middle and can go up, that's not where he can be. Joe Mixon can kind of make things happen. He's got a little more power to him, I'd say. I one hundred percent agree. I think if Joe, I, I mean, I'll get whatever you if, guys can have. No, that no, 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 no. If Joe Mixon was in Kareem Hunt's spot, he'd be more productive than Kareem Hunt, in my opinion. The problem with okay, Joe, but, the problem, Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb is a hundred and ten percent better. No, no yeah, questions yeah. asked. Nobody's saying Nick yeah, Chubb's the, not. The debate here is between Kareem and, and, and Joe Mixon. And, yeah. th- and, yeah. th- and think about it, Joe no, Mixon. Joe that. Mixon's if you, put, if you put Mixon and Kareem, she's I'd, 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 well, I'd say right now, Joe. I'd say Nick Chubb's probably the second best back in the NFL. Outside, behind Derrick Henry? Behind Derrick Henry. Yeah, I was going to say, Derrick Henry is the only one that you can Derrick, really make Derrick a case Henry for. Derrick Henry is the only person. I, you know, I yeah. agree. He's the, the only thing, thing you is, can make a case for in that department. And the other thing I was going to say is, Joe Mixon puts up his numbers behind the Bengals' offensive line. That's where, And that's my thing. It's like, so, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you give, that's what I'm saying, if you add a couple more, like, good offensive line pieces, like, if you add, if you were to put, take Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, and um, Jedrick, Jedrick Wills, and Jedrick Wills, and yeah. throw them on, and throw them on Cincinnati. That's a yeah. that's a completely different team. Right and there. and Joel, well, yeah. and Joel Batonio. Yeah, but we also knew going into the season and, that we'll Cincinnati basically, basically just say take the take the Browns offensive line, put yeah. it on the Bengals team. I mean, you well, take the Browns, you take the anybody, Browns, you take the Browns offensive and, line, but well, except for Atlanta, that team couldn't do anything. No. Yeah, well, also fair. while we're that's fair. While we're doing Sky's rant portion, uh, do you want to go off about the Wyatt, Wyatt Teller new contract? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, Nate. Actually, can you look up the numbers on that one? I I just I caught it earlier. Did, too, did you see how he's celebrating tonight? By the way, did what, you see the by tweet? carrying a dead alligator across his shoulders? No, <laughs> close. Him and then that that fullback Johnny Stanton yeah. and then Miles Garrett are playing Dungeons and Dragons at Miles Garrett's house. Why does that not shock me at all? Miles Garrett is a fucking cool ass dude, man. He's weird as fuck, but I love him. Right. He's, Teller's, he's super weird. Teller's deal is a four year deal. Uh, worth fifty six point eight million over the next four years, with twenty nine million guaranteed. Thank you, Odell. Uh, fourteen point two million per year average. The hi- is he the highest paid guard in the league? Third highest paid guard. Okay, in the I was league. gonna say he's got to be up well, there. behind behind Washington's Brandon Sheriff. Yep. And Kansas City's Joe Tooney. And Quentin Nelson's gonna be right there soon from Indianapolis too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Quentin Nelson's the best guard in the league, in my opinion. But that's. Neither here nor and there. Honestly, I, I did not know this until I watched the game the other day. I didn't know that he was with the Bills before he came yeah, over here. We got him from uh, Buffalo. And Wyatt they got Teller. him for like nothing. He got yeah. him for nothing. 
Yeah. They gave him to his, like, dirt cheap. Some guys need to change the scenery, and it changes the entire course of their career. Dude, I, I should have made a picture that I, was, I saw on Twitter earlier of uh, a still shot of member Kareem. I think it was the Jets they were playing. Kareem's hurtling uh, the safety, and then Wyatt... Uh, Wyatt Teller is holding back three different uh, defensive lines. He's a monster by yeah. himself, and like you just see Kareem like hurtling over the dude, and like monster. it's just him like making a wall with his arms. He's a monster, dude. He carried a fucking what eight hundred pound dead alligator probably on his on his shoulders. I'll tell you what. Here's one thing that I think can be said, and this, you know, praises to the one and only um, Joe Thomas. Yeah, Joe Thomas set a precedent for offensive line play in Cleveland. Oh, absolutely. He he's, he's like he's like, the best offensive lineman ever played in Cleveland. Absolutely, I think like to, Miles Garrett might have a take. I mean, Bruce like, Matthews might have a take on that. Uh, yeah, probably. But still, like, I I would say I would say he is, and honestly, I would say that he set a precedent, and now it's like you you got you got to match that man. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is historically we've always been a running team. So I think because the like, weather sucks. Yeah, and that's the thing when you play in the AFC North. You got to think you're going to Cincinnati. With Cincinnati, like unless it's like January, February. Yeah, but really now they play into the second week of January with the 17 game schedule. Well, so. that's what I'm saying. So now this, now we're going to see this mid um, mid November. You basically playing 50 percent of the season. In Cleveland shit. in November and December and January, like like late November, it it just gets really really bad. Even like fucking you know, obviously we don't play around the Super Bowl time and never have because we don't make it that far, but. Can you imagine playing a game in, like, late January, early February in, like, fucking Cleveland on the lake? No. I've, it's the, awful. The opposing team would demand a neutral site. Yeah, like, I've been to Browns games before where, like, it's just, like, so cold that you're just like, man, if I were to if I were to just fucking die right now, I wouldn't be pissed. Before Week 17 in 2010, before Week 17 was mandated COD Divisional in 2010, 2009 season, I went to a Jags-Browns game last game of the year. It was minus seven at kickoff. My mom got me the tickets for Christmas. I called my buddy PJ, and I was like, you want to go? And he goes, how cold is it going to be? I said, you're going to want to put hand warmers and feet warmers and ball warmers and back warmers and chest warmers. (laughs) It was cold. Oh, yeah, dude. We had fun. Jags lost. Either way. Didn't really care because it was so fucking cold. We just wanted to get in the car. Yeah. And that was January 3rd of 2010. Imagine what it would be like for an AFC title game. January 27th now. Yeah, Dude, last year, even in November, Holly and I went to um, the Texans game. Fucking 75-mile-an-hour winds, like 30 degrees, dude. I mean, it's not like negative 7, but with 75-mile-an-hour winds. And it's raining the whole game. Yeah, and there was 26-foot waves on Lake Erie that day. Yeah, it was miserable. Like, it was, like, the Browns, like, they're going to just have to always be a running team. So, like you were saying, with Joe Thomas setting a precedent, it's kind of a good thing that he did because that means the Cleveland Browns are going to strive to continue to keep a solid offensive line Before. because they know that that's their brand of football. Fair enough. Do you have any final thoughts on your Skya tribe? I know it's kind of it's kind of been a group Skya tribe this week, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't mind sharing the spotlight. No. Well, and well, actually, I'll add on to I'll add on with this. So before we started recording, I looked at the guys and I said, you know, it'd be interesting to do is we all sit here, take some time, think about where we think Odell will land. Are you taking my job as facilitator? I am. I just did it. It has hijacked that bitch. I've been been relegated by the guy that doesn't have PTO and uses it anyways. If you tell anybody about this, we will fucking kill you. (laughs) I will fuck you in the street. Nate, lead it off then. If you're going to bring it up, lead it off, cowboy. All right. I got one for you guys. Let's hear it. Odell Beckham to the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. I I actually like it. 
Do, do you think he'd do it? They're three games behind Tennessee. Do you think he'd do it? They could be. They could make it in as a wild card. But he wants to play as a contender. I think. It, I don't know. I think they could. I I think with him, they they can become a wild. Him, I see, I him, see. Michael Pittman, and Ty. I could see. Yeah. Zach. Well, and and that's with Ty healthy. You know, maybe you can get. Maybe you, can, you got Zach Pascal over there. You got. You know, maybe if you can get. Is Paris Campbell out for the season? Did we? He's out for an extended period of time. Okay. Well, you you could possibly get him back. You had Paris Gamble into that as a, as an option. Pretty good goddamn receiving core. That's a good. That's a good receiving core. I what, think. What about San Fran? Is that what you think? I think it, I think it could be San Fran if we're going off leg. Yeah, I mean him and Debo. Him, Debo, and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. yeah, I mean he would be he'd be wide receiver one or two. Definitely, I think that, that and that's be, what he wants to be. So and, and so then you think about it. You know, if you're depends. Are you going to get him as a rental? Are you getting him as a one year free agent little rental here, or are you going to get him? You know, are you going to try to sign him to a long term? I'd only want him for the rest of this year. Yeah. I just want, well, yeah, I would do that just because I want to see how, how durable he is and if I'm going to sign him back next year. Yeah. Because as long as you get a one-year loaner deal, pretty much, like, you still have the rights to first to negotiate with him. And we had the stipulation before we started this segment that we were going to – he wants the Packers, so we're going to leave them out because we're going hot take. Yeah, we wanted – yes, we, I did – yeah, I forgot to preface with that. Well, you might have, I just didn't remember. No, I did you, not. You never know. Okay. I did not. I did not preface with that. But, yes, we – since Odell, Phil mentioned that Odell has come out and said that he wants to go to the Packers, so we wanted to omit that and say, mm-hmm. you know, where would he go if the Packers do not take him? Well, just like a hot take. Yeah. yeah. I'm sticking with San Fran. Best fit, Carolina. What I think happens, Patriots. I could see that, too. I saw, I saw that the two front runners are the Patriots and the Saints. Uh, well, the Saints would be interesting, but I, I don't think he'd go there unless Jameis was the quarterback. And that's the thing. Right. I, I think right if now... If Jameis is healthy, I think he would go there in a heartbeat. And after that loss to Atlanta this past weekend, I think that seriously, seriously changes things. Well, they're going to have to... Yeah, I mean... Well, OBJ's getting all this all this dick riding from NBA players, so he'll just go to fucking Tampa and take a vet minimum. And right. just and it's go play with the Bucks. <laughs> you know, another place that could possibly use him, Las Vegas. They need a lot of help. My thing is that team is in turmoil. Yeah, I don't do think they so. really want to bring in that distraction? I'm, do you? Th- I mean, come on, man. I actually think they'd be better off not having him because they'll bond together. So. They'll bond together as a team better. I think so too, but yeah, I, I I could also see Mark Davis being that guy. Like that's a fucking name. Let's go get him. I don't think they'd risk it. But what about Kansas City? I mean, Josh Gordon really ain't working out that well. So because he's washed. Yeah. So one of the biggest flashes in the pan in the history of the National Football League. I, I mean, I think that definitely. I mean, that def, That's what you really need. That's mm-hmm. I, that's a better Sammy Watkins. Yeah. To compliment Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So that'd be a scary three uh, receivers. Yeah. Adding tra- in adding in Mecole Hardman, yeah. you know, Josh Gordon, Demarcus Robinson, yeah. yeah. Byron Pringle. Super outside of the box, but could be interesting because I bet he respects the fuck out of Lamar. Ravens. They're probably going to win the division. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see, I you can know? See I don't think the Brown, well. He's competing with a guy like Hollywood who's a deep threat, but then he's like, it's like Rashad Bateman. You know, like, it's not a super deep receiving room. See, my thing, I think my big thing and why I really chose Indianapolis is because I think out of any place that he could go, that is the place where he more than likely looks like a number one. 
I mean, Michael Pittman is a dog over there right now. And mm-hmm. you do have T.Y., who's got the history of being the number one there. But T.Y. has been just unpredictable the last, like, three years probably. He's going to end up in fucking Vegas because he wants the market. Now that I think about it, that, think that's, so. it. That, that's him. I He's going to dye his hair fucking silver. I love Mark Davis. Oh, my God. I know. Now that I've said it. It's, it's going to be insufferable. Now that I've said it, it's fucking out there and it's in your head. But Well, it'll be Jaden. I think I think the best thing for his career, if he wanted, if he was thinking long term, would be the Patriots. I think that'd be the best thing for his career. And like, how do you not get humbled by? Go over there and let Bill Belichick get you you right. Let Bill Belichick teach you some fucking manners. Get his get his mind right. All right, I think that'll just about wrap up our lengthy NFL portion of the segment. Sorry about that, guys. We kind of got off this. Whatever. We'll ha- you know, I like it. I like well, it when hey, you go forever. Hey, but you know what? Happy midway point of the NFL season, folks. Yeah. Here we are. Let's we, do it. We made it. Let's hop in some college football scores from last weekend, folks. Um, in a game that we discussed, Memphis and SMU, Memphis took the game 28-25 despite a late run by SMU. So, shout out to the Tigers for getting the win there. Um, I think the big story of the weekend, if you listen to our college football pre- or playoff preview last week, Wake Forest, we said they had a tough end of the season coming up, and it was proven right away. They lost to North Carolina 58-55. Once again, defense optional for Wake Forest. Still an absolute barn burner, though. Oh, God, yeah, hell of a game. Um, how, or yes, and how looked really good. Um, North Carolina put up 24 points in the fourth quarter to win that game by three. That's pretty much all you need to know about Wake Forest and their defense right now. Yeah, just non-existent. So they're done. Adios. Um, See you later. Happy State beat Arkansas State 48-14. Oh, so I love us some Happy State. Congrats to the Mountaineers. They needed that, obviously. Um, Texas State took care of uh, Louisiana Monroe 27-19. And in one of the games we discussed, Nate said take the over, and it hit. North Texas and Southern Miss, correct? That is correct. 40, you had them at 49 points? That's right. 52. Well, time you hit on Juan. Well, college football we've done pretty well. Oh, really? Yeah, 38-14 wins, so it's 52 combined. Um, East Carolina clapped Temple 45-3. Wyoming and Colorado State hit the over as well, 31-17 Wyoming victory. The Cowboys got a big one at home. Uh, BYU, they're an independent. They played Idaho State, and they won 59-14, so congrats to them. Not super small market, but congrats to Purdue on taking out Michigan State. Uh, Big-time upset. Purdue, once again, crushing hopes and dreams of Big Ten teams making it to the playoff there. Western Kentucky took down Middle Tennessee State, 48-21. Over over under that game, I don't know what it was, but they finished with a total of 69 points. Nice. Uh, Navy fought tough. Uh, They were up 3-0 on Notre Dame at the end of the first, but they ended up succumbing to them 34-6. Say la vie. God bless, what serv- can you do? God bless service academies. Um, UMass lost to an FCS team. They suck ass. Poor Liberty. We we wanted to see them do well, but we did. Man, Hugh Freeze went going home to Ole Miss and just got yeah got the dick kicked in a Li- little bit. Liberty dropped fourteen in the third quarter, but it wasn't enough as they lost twenty seven fourteen. I guess the biggest small market game we'll get into is Cincinnati Tulsa. Cincinnati won kind of a weird game when you look at the box score. Yeah, I wasn't really impressed. Both teams didn't score in the same quarter. 14 nothing Cincinnati at the end of the first. Then it was 14-12 at half. Then they scored 14 in the third. And then Tulsa put up 8 in the fourth. They won 28-20. Nowhere near what we wanted to see out of UC. 
It's kind of why we think tonight they'll. I'm afraid they're gonna slip. Nah, I, th- I think they'll be fifth just because Michigan State lost. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, yeah I, I don't see them dropping. I mean, Unless they stay at six. I forgot Purdue took. They could Michigan possibly. State. They could possibly stay at six. You could possibly see Michigan jump up to five. Maybe I don't know about that. I'll we'll we'll see. That's all yeah. speculation. We're gonna get into that. Hey, uh, with uh, with Veterans Day coming up this week, I think we can go ahead and highlight last week in college football. Army taking down Air Force twenty one fourteen. Nice, nice. All a part of that Commander in Chief trophy that they fight for. Absolutely, love the name of that. It's great. I'll tell you, nothing, but nothing, nothing beats that one at the end of the year, man. That one in December mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Army Navy is one of my favorite games of the year. I'm with you hundred percent, Nate. Yeah. It's always fun. The pregame's fun. They interview all the parents, how proud they are of their kids. And truthfully, it is no easy task to get into the Naval Academy, nor is it an easy task to get into West Point. I mean, the esteemed alum, whether, whether, whether it be military careers or not, obviously a lot of military careers, but Army's won a bunch of Heismans. Navy's won Heismans. I mean, our parents were alive for when Roger Staubach won a Heisman in 1963 for the Naval Academy. So, you know, a lot of various, you know, very proud programs, and obviously nowadays, with the physical limitations, it makes it tough for them to uh, be prominent in the game of college football. But they still, you know, some of the best, you know, football you can watch every year is that Army-Navy oh, yeah. game. Absolutely. Just the pregame festivities, the fanfare, the fact that it's always played in Philadelphia. There's always a little bit of snow on the ground. The President of the United States is always there. It's always a big deal, and I think it's always super cool. No matter your – I'm not trying to get political. I'm saying it's cool about whatever your political allegiance is. It's cool the President's there to acknowledge the game and – the president always spends time in each student section, you know, thanking the students for their service and the commitment they've given to the country that they obviously did not have to give. It's yeah. something that they're passionate about. So that's I don't know all. Anybody that doesn't like the Army Navy game? Oh yeah, I mean, if you if you don't like gas and Budweiser shooting Jack Daniels and watching the Army Navy game, there's something wrong with you. Well, Boca America. Finish off with we love our country and we mm-hmm. and we thank all of our veterans. We thank you for your service. Those, Absolutely, those who have and those who are currently yes. serving. And those who will serve to come. Yes, absolutely. We we appreciate your service. Thank you very much for your um, service. Hey Phil, I wanted to take I wanted to steal a little uh, small market game here real quick. Go for it, man. One that I talked about in the uh, parlay last week. One of my Please. little frisky. If you were feeling frisky, I said uh, you know take SMU minus five at Memphis. Um, I think I owe an apology to Memphis fans. Uh, I said that you guys were going to get slapped around by. SMU and I was very very wrong you guys well you guys won by three it was a tight game um but I do want to highlight here that uh for Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan was 34 for 53 for 392 yards Jesus two touchdowns and a pick QBR of 65.9 now and then they had uh I don't know who this Rodriguez Clark is. I don't know if he's maybe a receiver that had a little trick play. He was one for one for 40 yards for a touchdown, so it might have been a little trick play there. Uh, But I just want to note that their total yardage passing was 432. Okay? It's a lot of yards. Yeah. Um, We go over to their team stats here. We look at the total yards for Memphis. They had 460 yards total. Jesus. So they could they could run the ball or shit. Four hundred thirty-two of their four hundred sixty yards were in the air. Good lord! You also have to factor it in college football though that sacks come off the rushing total. So that could have been a factor in the game as well. If Obviously, they had very little rushing offense, but if they had fifty yards in sacks, 
then yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely. In the NFL, it comes off your team passing. In college, it comes off the quarterbacks rushing, which is a obviously a discrepancy between the two. I guess I have a small market football question for you guys. Um, UCF beat Tulane fourteen to ten. They're six and three. Um, who poses the bigger threat to Cincinnati, UCF or SMU or Houston for that matter? Houston won this weekend, so who poses the biggest threat? Say SMU. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. Honestly, I think I might go Houston um, because if I am correct, and I'm going to look this up right now, uh, bear with me, guys. Can I get some uh, little Jeopardy music here? Yes, I got it here. So I'm going to take Houston as the dangerous threat, and it is because of one big factor, the head coach down there at Houston. Good old... Dana Holgerson. Former West Virginia coach. Former was uh, former West Virginia coach. Is that the dude with the Tennessee top hat? Oh yeah, he's got a killer ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, feathered and lethal. Oh yeah. Well, Kentucky waterfall for Balding, you. Balding, yeah. Oh yeah. We love us. Looks big. like he spent 30 years at the DuPont factory and now yeah, he's there. For real. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Shout out to Coastal Carolina this weekend, there by the go. way. That's, this is I'm showing I'm showing Skylar a good old picture of Dana Holgerson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Co- oh yeah. Coastal Carolina went to eight and one with a twenty-eight to eight win over Georgia Southern. Congrats oh, to them. Chanticleer. And Boise State went to Fresno State, who made it into the rankings last week. And won forty to fourteen. Wow. So big, big upset. Fresno yeah. State. See you later. I want to give a shout out this weekend. My buddy Branch is going to be in town, and his wife Sarah. I love them both. Uh, he's a Marshall alum. They knocked out FAU twenty-eight thirteen. We are Marshall. So congrats to them. We and are going down. Yeah, Houston won. Yeah. The, Houston won that game fifty-four forty-two. Good lord. We are all going to die. <laughs> and then uh, ranked San Diego State beat Hawaii 17-10. to And UTSA, in that rivalry game, you said, rivalry games take the under. Well, that was a fucking, that was a fucking mistake. It's college football, folks. I'm a fucking idiot. You always take the over in college football. 44-23 UTSA. They went to 9-0 over UTEP. So. UTSA almost covered the – UTSA almost hit the over by themselves. And I want to shout out my my – Alma mater, Ohio University, took care of the Battle of the Bricks. Yeah, they're two and seven, but they beat Miami, Ohio, thirty-five, thirty-three last week. So, well, hey Phil, Shut guess what? Line. I wanted to jump in here and give you a little, uh, little Maction update. We are recording on a Tuesday night. It's November. There's Maction on, folks. <laughs> There's so, Maction on. Uh, right now, <laughs> as we're recording in at halftime, Miami of Ohio up twenty-four to ten on Buffalo. Good, we good, love good. it. We love it. Uh, for Miami of Ohio quarterback Brett Gabbert, I'm gonna guess probably a relation to Blaine Gabbert. Uh, Twelve for seventeen for two seventeen and two touchdowns. Uh, running back for Buffalo Dylan McDuffie, nine carries for thirty four yards and a touchdown. And uh, Miami of Ohio receiver Jack Sorensen. Uh, I've heard some. I, I tell you, when we were watching the game a couple days or a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were talking pretty highly about that Jack Sorensen kid. He's got three... Actually, it is Blaine Gabbard's brother. It is? Yep. Okay. Uh, and Jack Sorensen, three catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Nice little day so far, and it's only halftime. Have yourself a day, young man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Western Michigan in the third quarter with uh, 12-10 left. At Western Michigan up 24-14 to on, <coughs> on Akron. Um, well, tough night for Akron. Yeah, just not great all around for Akron. Let's just say that. football program um, stinks. 
Uh, running back for Western Michigan, Sean Tyler, 13 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and we're just getting started in the third quarter. so He made damn well end up with 200 yards on the ground. Absolutely. Uh, and then finishing off with our match in action, nice. Uh, in the second quarter, 10.03 left. The Ohio Bobcats up 14 to 7 on Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan 6 and 3 on the year, 3 and 2 in the MAC. Uh, right now, uh, Curtis Rourke from from OU, quarterback, 4 for 9 for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Good good Canadian boy. That's right. He's yeah. also their leading rusher right now, 5 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. And receiver Isaiah Cox for OU, two catches. The fuck did you just call me? That's right. Two catches, 46 yards, and a tutty. Nice. So Fair enough. Nice little action action yeah, going th- on. There's your small market college football portion of the podcast, folks. Let's hop over into the National Basketball Association. I think I just came up with a new uh, segment, by the way. Maction action. Let's do it. Maction action. I like it. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Come on, man. We love us some action. I, don't, I, just, don't like, uh, I just don't like giving you things that you want. That's fair. Um, I know, have to take them coup d'etat style. I know Nate has uh, some <coughs> some uh, you know players of the game pulled up from uh, over the weekend at the National Basketball Association. Um, I got some scores here. We got the standings pulled up, so we can hop into that a little bit too. Um, starting with last Friday, the Pistons suck. We won't go into that. The Spurs are not great. They beat the Magic last Friday. Poor Grizzlies took one on the chin to the Wizards. Cavs won on Friday night. The Cavs are good at basketball. Yeah, they've been playing well, and they're going to be our Sunday I mean, night did, highlight. I think we did lose Colin Sexton, though, for the rest of the season. Torn meniscus. Yeah, he tore his meniscus. But that's, that's Ricky tough. Rubio was out there fucking sunning motherfuckers. He did, he did. The Bucks lost again on Friday last week. The Timberwolves lost, unfortunately. All the small market teams are going down. Yeah. Blazers How are the t- doing? Do we know? They won. That was the one forty to one ten game we alluded to earlier, and I know Nate. Is that the game you picked for Friday for the stats? Which one was that? Sacramento. King, oh yeah, yeah. Sacramento Kings, against Charlotte. Kings one forty, Hornets one ten. Uh, wanted to give some shout outs here, of course, because both, both these teams are small markets, and of course Sacramento are fa- our favorite followers. Uh, I would sh- say that they're our favorite followers, and that like our favorite team here at Small Market Securities. Yeah, but I mean, obviously. They, they were could, first to follow, so they could be my favorite team. But I don't we give back team. Charlotte a whole hell of a lot. No, of actually, too. I, you know what? I mean, I I am a Cavs fan, you know, you know, by nature. But I'm gonna say the Kings are right there at one A. Like the Cavs yeah. are one, and the Kings are one A. We'll have to get some uh, Kings jerseys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm calling dibs on Buddy Heald. Oh, you son of a bitch! We can all right. We can we can all have Buddy Heald. No, fuck you. You can have De'Aaron Fox. Well, he's right. great, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Phil, you can have some Rashawn Holmes. And guess what, folks? Those are the three players we're going to highlight from from Sacramento. Let's hear it, big boy. Look at that Buddy Hill, 26 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, 8 for 17 from 3-point. Nice what? little night from behind the yeah. arc, man. Wet. Wet, of course. Uh, Sky, your boy, De'Aaron Fox, 21 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds, uh, Look at those nine assists. Had a little bit of a tough night shooting. Uh, wasn't too accurate. You know. I, you, like, I mean, you give me nine assists though. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. With he you, took. You, you know, a lot, lot. There were a lot of shots taken. You yeah. know, that's. I'm okay. okay with you lacking in the shot yeah. department if you're if you're pumping out almost double digit assists. Phil, your boy, Rashawn Holmes. Mm. Nice little double double. Twenty three points, twenty rebounds, two assists. 
You gotta love that from the get off man, me from the big man down low. Don't touch me, pussy. And I, we won't we won't say anything bad about the Hornets. It was a good performance, but we'll highlight. You got Mello's stats? Yes, I do. Uh, Mello was 24, 24 points, thirteen assists, three rebounds. Uh, was sixty four percent from the floor, fifty percent from behind the arc. Not bad. Hell of a night. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely. Mean, he's he's special. He yeah. is. He's he's killing it this year. And uh, Gordon Hayward, their uh, second, you know, their second man out there, twenty-five points, two assists, two rebounds. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing to shy away from, but fair enough. Just wasn't enough for the night. Pedestrian night. Oh, fair enough. Let's hop over to Saturday. I know most of us are probably watching a little college football, but college the, football. The Nuggets took care of the Rockets, ninety-five, ninety-four. Uh, the Jazz took one on the chin to the very good Heat, one eighteen, one fifteen. Did you see fucking uh, Jokic? Lay into uh, Markeith Morris. I was about to get into that in a second. Um, the Suns took care of the Hawks, 121-117 on Saturday night. And then the Blazers took out the Lakers, 105-90. Scott, you want to talk about that drama? So, I'm going to I'm gonna start by saying, if you side with Markeith Morris, go fuck yourself. The dude is an arrogant prick. And he's also he, he's also just dirty, dude. He's always just fucking with other players. And I will also say that Nikola Jokic, dude, he he the refs don't protect him in the paint whatsoever. He gets fouled all over the place, and it never gets called. And I'm sorry, but like, uh, fucking God, uh, Richard Jefferson. I don't know why mm-hmm. I was blanking on the fucking name. Uh, Richard Jefferson posted a video of him saying like, "All right, well, you don't do this." When Marquise Morris was doing, when he like threw his body at him, mm-hmm. he's like, "You don't do this, and he won't do this." Yeah, like it's a it's a, you, it's a you cause and effect. It. Yeah, you asked for it, dude. You had it coming. You threw your whole body weight into him, fucking hit him right in the chest. I like the fact that he like started walking away, and then and then Yogi was like, "You know what? Fuck that. Give me a little whiplash. Fucking hit him so hard his neck snapped back." But Morris is also milking the fuck out of him to try and draw a foul. Of course. But. Nate, who were the big performers from Saturday night? Saturday night, I chose the Suns versus the Hawks. Okay. The Suns 121, Hawks 117. Uh, from the Suns, Devin Booker, 38 points, Oof. four assists, six rebounds, 67% from the floor, 56% from behind the arc. Uh, yeah. Also wanted to highlight, you know, CP3, 16 points, 13, 13 apples, and six rebounds. Frank Kaminsky, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, coming off the bench. Yeah, not, not bad. bad. Nice little piece to Not bad, in. not bad at all. Let's hop over to Sunday. Uh, Saturday was a little light in the NBA department. Sunday, uh, we'll save the game that Nate's going to go into for last. Let's hop down here. Uh, Magic, Cole Anthony and company are playing better. They're 3-8, and eight, you know, <coughs> well, as of Sunday, they were 3-8. and eight. But they beat the Jazz 107-100. That's a great win for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucks lost again. Oof, rough. Pacers took out our beloved Kings 94-91. Uh, the Thunder beat... Leave the Kings alone! They didn't do anything wrong. The Thunder beat the Spurs 99-94. And the Hornets lost to the Clippers 120-106. Leave the Hornets alone! But like, <laughs> let's go let, Let's go into the game of the night. Uh, the Cavs went to Madison Square Garden. And uh, beat the Knicks 126-109. Nate, give me the stat lines. Man, New York, what a first of all, night. New York can suck my balls through my draws. <laughs> get ready, uh, get ready for the new duo. The big apple, more like the big crapple. Am I right? Hey, 
Get ready for the new duo coming out of here in Cleveland, Rick and Mobley. Yep. That's right. Rick Fucking and loving it. Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick yeah. and Morty. Rick, 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 Rick. I think we got to be the first ones to put that on shirts, guys. We got to do it. Rick and Mobley. We got to talk to whoever made that and get that thing. We got to get the rights to it. Love it. Well, uh, if it's posted online, isn't it publicly traded? I mean, sort of in a weird. I, I don't know. Fucking, uh, I'm way in over well, my head let's, here. Let's let's do. Let's be good to people. Let's be good to artists, man. I'm not. We're artists too. I'm well, put well your... versed in the, in the in the various lawyerings of. Well, if you're the it, if you're the meme lord and you're hearing this, let us know. <laughs> you know what? Let's. You know what? How about this? Let's not worry about the lawyers. Let's just be good people. Fuck that! I need an attorney. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Nate. Let's hear the stats. All right. <laughs> Little Ricky Rubio action, 37 points, 10 assists, 3 rebounds. Oh, jeez, Rick. 68% from the floor, 8 for 9, 89% from 3-point. Wow. What? 8 for 9 from 3-point. He said, hold my dick. He said, he said, hey, buddy, I see you got a little... uh I see you got a little, you know, 8 for 17 from three-point. How about 8 for 9? Yeah. I need less than you. How about you, Ligma? Yeah. Ooh, say less. Uh, Ligma buck. And then... Pause. Pause. Brian, cut that. <laughs> Brian, leave it in. <laughs> then moving on to, you know, the little second man, Mobley. 26 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 73, 73% field goal percentage on the game. Was accurate. Yeah. yeah. Was accurate. I think he was I'm pretty sure he was two for two from three point as well. There you go. I mean, the Cavs have been impressive oh, so far. Oh, real quick, I also did want to highlight the big man Jared Allen as well. Yeah, buddy. Big, big the big house. A big double double. 18 points, 17 rebounds success. Skies, Jared Allen's a freak. Sky's the resident Cavs fan. Yeah, he's a freak. How man. much do you love that Mobley Allen combo as big men? I, I love it. And I told you that we talked about it uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that couple, you know, you throw in Laurie Markinen in there too. Yeah. That's fucking lethal. And we're, we're playing big ball. Like there's small ball and we're playing big ball. Yeah. And we're doing it well. And we're winning games. I'm looking at the division standings right now, guys. Uh, obviously, the Atlantic is all big market. So fuck you, Atlantic division. Fuck you. Central, Central division, the Cavs are currently in second place, a half game behind fucking Chicago. Yeah. Give me that wank motion, boys. Uh, the Bucs are struggling. They're four and six, but they're only three games back. It's early. Pacers are four and seven. Pistons are hapless. They're one and eight. Well, I think the I think the the Bucks have like that hangover from. Yeah, and you know what? It might take them a minute to warm up this year, and yeah. that's fine. I think like, they're, just a little, they're a little sleepy. Yeah, I mean, even if they got in as like a four or five seed, they could easily make a run. So um, let's go to the uh, southeast. Really, we only care about the team in third and the team in, team in fifth. The Hornets are five and seven. They're three games back, and the Magic are three and eight, and they're uh, four and a half games back. Let's go to the Northwest, probably our favorite division in the National Basketball Association. Jazz top it at seven and three as of today, uh, before these games started tonight. Yep. Denver six and four. Portland five and five. OKC three and six. Minnesota three and six. So still pretty tied up top there between the Jazz, Nuggets, and Blazers. Um, obviously, we're a big fan of Mike Conley, and honestly. Uh, on the note of the Jazz, I tweeted this today from our account. Once, for the record, guys, I have not plugged our social media tonight. Um, on Twitter, at SmallMarketINS, Instagram and TikTok, Small Market Insecurities, follow us. Give us suggestions. No listener questions again tonight. We love listener questions, so please get those in. Where you at, Bearfish? Yeah, come on, Jacob Fisher. 
Oh, the full name. Yeah, that's how, like his mother when he fucks up, like Jacob Fisher. What's his middle name? It's either Michael or Patrick, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, buddy. I've done you way too long not to know that. Oh, man. I know. What a friend. Sorry, I don't even know Nathan's. Probably something super Irish. Nate's in the IRA. It's Anyways. Al- it's Alan. <laughs> Fuck up, dude. Is it, I bet it's... I bet it's, can't say that shit. <laughs> is, it, is it Eugene? Your yeah, name. what's your middle name? Alexander. Mine's Alan, so close. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I got the, I got the shaft. Mine's Ray. All right. You guys, you guys got my first two Sky guys Ray guys Romano Ball. Yeah, I'm sure. You guys got my you guys got my full name now. Not much. Well, your initials your Nathan, Nathan Alexander McBride. Nah. Nah. Your initials nah. are Nam and you're over there you're over there fucking enjoying that uh napalm, so good for my, you. Mine are the initials for Serbia. <laughs> Nate's Nate, Nate's just absolutely napalm. Mine's like the um, abbreviation for Serbia, I'm pretty sure. Let's hop down to the uh Pacific Division. The Warriors are Crushing everybody right now, but they're what, whatever. Nine and one. Yeah, they're the Sun- first in every category offensively. I Suns are six and three. Yeah, they're averaging 115 points a game. The Suns are six and three, and then you got the Kings at five and six. We love you guys. They're still averaging. The Kings right now they're averaging 110 a game, and they're only giving up 109. So they have a positive differential, which they're doing better than the Lakers right now in that regard. Yeah, um, we'll hop over to the Southwest real quick. Um, Memphis is in second place at six and four. So congrats to the Grizz. We love you guys. The rest, of the, bless you. The rest of that division is tough. The Spurs are three and seven, and then the Pelicans. Man, they're one and ten. Yeah, the Pelicans just go out there. I mean, they're like a they're like the the prostitute of the NBA. Like everybody's been in that in that booty hole. Yeah, the Hornets, by the way, are leading. They're averaging 118 points a game. I want to throw that out there. Yeah. And then I was going to bring up a stat earlier, but we hopped off something else. But the um, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, by the way, I yeah, tweeted he's averaging this, like seventeen rebounds a game, sixteen point one boards a night right now. That's fucking insane. That's that that's absurd. Like he's going to be averaging a double double, and he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year again, probably. Well, how many does he already have? At least two. I don't, I don't have that. I know. Yeah, either. I know. It's, it's multiple. He has multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. So that's going to probably conclude our NBA roundup real quick. Um, we are let's hop into the uh, NHL weekend recap here. Uh, Friday night, the Winnipeg Jets dismantled the Chicago Blackhawks five one. We're over here ripping Jets, ripping Jets, baby. Preds beat the Canucks three two. Yotes lost again on Friday to the Ducks. Losers. Devils took it on the chin from the Kings, three to two. But I think the game of the night was a six five Oilers win in overtime. Over the New York Rangers, Nate, give us the stats because the Oilers stuffed the sheet. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you know, of course we got it. We're gonna first highlight Mick Jesus. You know, one goal, two apples, three points on the night. Uh, you know, I do want to highlight he only had two shots on goal. One of them went in. So if he's nothing else, he's efficient. Yeah, absolutely. And very, very fast. If you're gonna be anything, be efficient. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, his partner in crime, Leon Dreisaitl, the same stat line, actually. One goal, two assists, three points, uh, had two shots on goal as well. How ironic. You know, and then... They're Zach, the best center one-two in the league. Absolutely. And then uh, Zach... I just do... I find it funny because Zach Hyman, for them, had six shots Six I'm shots sorry, on did goal. you just say Hyman? Hyman. So, would you say that he popped? Yeah. The defense? Yeah. He popped the defense with sh- with six shots, and, they, only, and only and only executed one time. They must have had some power plays because he probably 
probably points it up and just claps <laughs> it from the top and hopes for a rebound. Yeah, I bet he does. Absolutely. Boom. Uh, and then also for the uh, defense on the defensive side for <coughs> Edmonton, two defenders had three points out there. Tyson Berry, one goal, two assists. And Very then, good def- offensive defenseman. Yeah, absolutely. And then Darnell Nurse, three assists out there. So shout out Donovan McNabb's cousin. Absolutely. Fuck uh, Donovan McNabb. Obviously, we could. You say- hate Donovan McNabb? I- I'm indifferent. I was gonna say, like, what? <laughs> Breaking story: Sky guy. hates Donovan McNabb, and he hates Campbell's soup while he's at it. Terrell Owens does. Terrell Owens said he would knock chunky soup from his face. <laughs> it's true, he did. So uh, for this game, you know, we started out one-one after the first period, uh, and then the Rangers had a strong second period. Came out, they finished, or they led four-one at the end of the second. And then here come the Oilers, you know, scoring three as well in the uh, in the third period to match it, you know, send it to OT, and then there go those Oilers yep. in that game. That's what they do. Absolutely. In the famous words of Penning at the Disco, oh, it's Saturday night. Yeah. The Lightning beat the Sens 5-3. The Panthers remained undefeated in that game on Saturday, giving the Hurricanes their first loss with a 5-2 win. Christ. Wings beat the Sabres 4-3. Those gritty Red Wings, man. Uh, Vegas, after the big trade for Jack Eichel last week, he's not ready to play, obviously, yet, but um, they took out Montreal 5-2. The Wild beat the Pens. Let's go, Wild. Beat them 5-4 in a shootout, so the Pens still got a point. Um, The Jackets, they were down 2-1 going into the third Scored three goals and won 4-2 over the Avalanche. So they've season-swept my cup pick in a week. So the Isles took out the Jets 2-0. That's a very Isles win. Barry Trotz teams love low-scoring games. You know, the Isles are that. I'm going to go off for a second here. They're a sneaky team that I think could make a cup run because they have great goaltending and play great defense. They're a sneaky good team. So the Isles, they're 5-2-2 now with that win. The Flames looked at the Rangers and said, oh, you had to play Edmonton last night and you lost 6-5? Well, we hate our Alberta rivals, the Oilers, and they beat the Rangers 6-0. So the Flames... Suck at New York. And the Flames went 1-2-3, goals by period. Um, the Yotes got their first win of the year. Finally, the Yotes... And it's funny, in that game, yep, I, yep. the Scott Wedgwood stat, 2017-18, or do you want to go, Nate? Do you want to say it? Uh, was, it was that the season? 2017-18, yeah. 2017-18, the Arizona Coyotes started 0-9-1. They went and claimed Scott Wedgwood, free agent, started him, got them their first win. Fast forward to this season, the Coyotes start 0 9 they go out and pick up goalie Scott Wedgwood, and he gets them their first win again no against shit. the Seattle Kraken. Five, five years at four years of rise, not fucking wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so that actually, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you saw that stat too, Nate, because that's hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. And then uh, to round out Saturday night, the, and they they beat the the, the Crackheads five four at home. And then uh, to round the night out, the Devils did get a W. They beat the Sharks three to two. Nate, which game did you want to go uh, dive a little deeper on from Saturday night? Well, 
You know, I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, and for one big reason, and I'm going to go off for a little bit here, folks, so bear with me. Get him, King. The Columbus Blue Jackets have tied their franchise best start at 7-3-0. This team has come in with zero expectations on the season. They were not supposed to be good. They traded away their core. They were young. They had a new coach. They didn't know what he was going to be. Was he going to be exactly like Torts? You know, he, he's never been a head coach, uh, but he was a player in the league. And let me tell you, this team is outperforming every single expectation. So for this game against the Avalanche, uh, let's go ahead and look at the goal scorer. The Colorado score. Avalanche. Yep, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, <laughs> For our goal scorers for this game, Ollie Colorado Bjork- Ambulance. Because <laughs> they're so injured. Ollie Bjorkstrand with a goal. Cole Sillinger. The Rook. Ollie Jr. The Rook with a goal. Hashtag silly for Calder. Silly for Calder, man. And we'll get to that in just a little bit when I get to the when I get to the season stats for this thus far. Uh Texier finally getting up there on the board. Getting nice a goal. Tex. I love it. Nice shooting, Tex. And then Gabriel Carlson, a guy that spends a lot of time down with the Cleveland Monsters, finally gets an opportunity to get out on the ice and, uh, and you know, capitalizes, scores. And, of course, our boy Elvis Merzlikens, a phenomenal night, uh, .944 save percentage. Sure do love Elvis. Man, I'll tell you what. When he's in the building, baby. We love this guy. Uh, I will. We will talk about the Kamalabana Avalanche uh, because they are another small market team. Not a great performance. Not really getting a lot from their uh, from their big names. Nathan McKinnon, no goals. No well, I think is hurt again now. Yeah, he uh, he was minus one on the night, and you know, not really a great performance. Gabriel Landeskog, same stat line, minus one, two shots on goal. Not really good for him. Burakovsky did have their Burakovsky did have their two goals. So, yeah. you know, that's their one. That's Burakovsky's their one. a great player. Absolutely. Um, they are also without or they were without uh Makar. Yeah, and he just came back and now McKinnon's out. So that's why I jokingly said the Colorado Ambulance, because they're fucking running yeah. to the hospital right yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, I mean Darcy Kemper, he's doing all right, but man, you know, just wasn't enough for this game. Hey, breaking news, guys, real quick. We're not going to dive into this tonight, but I wanted to go over the rankings just came out. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys don't mind, Nate, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, absolutely. Uh, number one, Georgia. Obviously, number two, Bama. Makes sense. Number three, Oregon. Number four, Ohio State. Called it. Cincinnati goes to fifth. Michigan sixth. So that's where we sit right now. Oh, so shit. All right. Where's Oklahoma sitting? I didn't see that. I just have the breaking one there. We'll go into that a little yeah, deeper yeah, later on. But, yes, curious. I just wanted to give a little breaking news there. Now, Nate, back to you. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, now let's take a look at this Blue Jackets season to start out, okay? They're getting goal scoring. They're get, they're playing well. These young guys are stepping up in the spotlight. And let's start with those young guys, with the youngest of them all, Cole Sillinger. As Phil said. What a guy. Silly for Calder. This kid is fourth, or uh, I'm sorry, he is, yeah, fourth on the team in goals with six. Or, or fourth on the team in points with six. My apologies. He has four goals on the season, two assists. Um, you know, just playing out of his mind. 45% in the faceoff circle. For a rookie, I'll take that. For a kid that is 18 years old and, you know, playing against grown-ass men, 45% in the faceoff circle, Yeah, absolutely. 
Boone Jenner is stepping into this captain's role and fucking owning it, man. It's very reminiscent of when Nick Foligno took over as captain at yeah. a 30-goal season. Yeah. yeah. He is leading the Columbus Blue Jackets in goals with six. He has one assist on the year, seven points overall. Uh, he is 58, 56% in the face-off circle. That is what I want to see from a captain. That is a guy that is owning the dot right now, and mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, Jacob Voracek, what a great addition this guy has been. Doesn't have a goal yet on the season, but he has 10 assists. I was going to say, and they traded him for Cam Atkinson straight up, and that's what Cam, Cam could never be the assist man like no, that. No, no. And, so, and that's what he just plays selfless hockey. Voracek does, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and really Very unselfish. And that's what Patrick Line needed. Yeah, to, and to, he's out. And he's out for a month, so we'll see how these guys filter in and out. Absolutely, but you know, and Pat Line is off to. He's got three goals, three, you know, two of those goals, big overtime winners mm-hmm. for the Blue Jackets. Uh, and not let's not forget the one that he just put everything he had into it, and that was against uh, Carolina, was it not? Or no, I'm no. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on that. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but also, you know, seven assists. He and then uh, Ollie Bjork- New Jersey, by the way. New Jersey, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then Oliver Bjorkstrand, you know, love where love what he's doing right now up there, you know, for our offense. Um, everybody, you know, just all around guys doing great. Wierenski, love, you know, really he's living up to that big contract that he mm-hmm. signed. Elvis Merzlikens, my God, this guy Elvis Vesna. Yeah, Elvis Vesna, silly for Calder. For those that don't know, by the way, Vesna goes to, in case you missed our NHL yes, season right. preview, Vesna goes to the best goaltender in the league, and Calder is the NHL's version of Rookie of the Year. And for future reference, we need to hear us say Hart Trophy, Hart Memorial. That's the MVP of the NHL. Yeah. So, just so everybody's aware of, you know, what the names mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and, yeah, we're going to go Ollie Bjorkstrand for Hart. We're going to do it. He's, he's going all out. Let's do it, man. Oh, right. I loved it. Yeah, Ollie, uh, he's second goals, isn't he? Uh, yes, he is. He's got five on the air. And then Cole Sillinger is third on the team with four goals. They're playing. Yeah, Cole Sillinger is a fucking stud, dude. Yeah, and, I mean, my gosh. You better keep him in, 18, in Columbus. 18 years old. Oh, dude, I, I think that kid loves, I think that kid's going to love being here. Mm-hmm. I think. I think because his dad was here, I think he's gonna. I think he's. I think he's enjoying that. Didn't Chinnikov finally score on Saturday too? No, he did not. Okay, uh, so it, it was deflected goal. Okay. Yes, it was, and he he has two assists on the year. Okay, so you know that's another that's the rookies. Another rookie. The rookies chipping in. Rookies are chipping in, getting points. Uh, Jake Bean really panning out pretty well. He Hashtag can, flick the bean. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm fucking sure of it. Let's HIV go. positive, if you will. He's got three goals on the air. Texier's got three goals on the air. I, nice shooting, Tex. Yeah, I guess I was mistaken. It wasn't Texas' first time getting on the uh, scoreboard. He's had a couple empty netters. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Um, I always forget about the empty netters. You know, and this Gregory Hoffman kid, I'm I'm really liking Kid, him. he's a 28-year-old rookie. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, I, he's I a, he's a, oh, I'm saying, yeah, in the yeah. NHL terms, he can, but he, he's a grown man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's the same age as me. He's an, well, and the thing is, he's an incredible skater. That's why they brought him over. Uh, Carolina owned his rights, and then they finally rescinded them, and the Jackets gave him a one-year deal. And it's like, do you want to see what you can do in the league? Because if you don't like it, you can go back and play in Sweden or Switzerland or whatever he's played in before. He's played in both. But they kind of went on the limb and said, do you want to come skate here and see what you got? And he made the team out of camp, and it's like, well, you might as well get the NHL a try because 
one, better money, and two, when you're an elite athlete, why not go against the best in the world? You know, yeah. the best in the world player. There are great players over in the leagues and, you know, especially the KHL in Russia. But, you know, if you can't you can't hack it here, you have that to fall back on. But you might as well come give the best the best league in the world a shot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, so, and then, you know, just going to talk about the goaltenders as well. You know, the uh, Elvis Merzlikens, Giannis Corpusalo. Um, Elvis, obviously, is really, I think, kind of separating himself this season as the number one goaltender. Yeah. Uh, he's got a goals against average of 1.98 uh, to Jonas's 3.43. Um, goals against, yeah, Elvis is 12, Jonas is 14. Uh, In all fairness to Jonas, though, and I, I agree, Elvis is obviously better with Jonas... He's been thrown in on the road against high-powered offense. Yeah, like, he got yeah. thrown in in Colorado. He got thrown in in New Jersey. He's been thrown in in games where it's like, hey, we're going to have you start for the hell of it. So he's kind of been tossed in there at inopportune times for him to succeed. But he's still proving that he's one of the, you know, probably the best 32 in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely, he is. And, he, I mean, he is a... he's a solid backup goaltender. He can get you wins. Yeah. He absolutely can get you wins. Uh, neither one of them have a shutout on the air, which is you know a little disappointing, but yes. we'll get there. Uh, s- total save percentage on the year, though, Elvis ninety four percent save ninety four save percentage, very high. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jonas, I mean Jonas, nothing to shy at ninety or nine oh five. It's fine. Anything yeah. anything above a nine for the listeners who don't necessarily know is very high. Yeah. Yes. It's consider it's considered very good if you're above a nine. So if you're above a .92, you're really good. Above a .94, you're elite. So that's kind of the way that that factors in and out. Um, are you ready to hop over to Sunday now, Nate? Uh, yeah, we can go ahead and hop over to Sunday night. Did you have any final thoughts on the Blue Jackets? Well, I was trying to get pulled up here, uh, you know, some overall, uh, you know, stats for the year from goaltending to see where Elvis was in comparison to the, uh, you know, to the tops of the league. Sure. Um, but you know, of course. NHL's website is a little, uh, little tricky there, but I'm it's I'm looking at Elvis Merzlikens sitting at a 9.40 save percentage. I mean, let's see, it's lined up where Jacob Markstrom is just above him at 9.42. Uh, Calgary's playing well. Sergey Bobrovsky 9.48 right now. Skavinov. Yeah. Spencer Knight down there in Florida. But right now, I it's looking like Elvis is sitting at. Probably third best save percentage in the NHL right now through ten games on the Blue Jackets schedule. Yeah, um, and which obviously is contributing to this franchise best or tying franchise best start. We'll see how Elvis plays on Friday when they when they host the Caps. Yeah, which I I will be there, so I I'll see it live. We'll see how that goes uh, on on Friday. Um, the Caps are a potent offense, obviously, just, with Ovi. Might just fuck around and buy some tickets. Fuck around and cheat. Fuck around and cheat. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that holds up. Ovi is now currently tied in fourth place with Brent Hole for set with 741 goals all time. So his next goal will put him in sole possession of fourth place. Um, next up, Yarmir Yager, the legend. Let's go to Sunday night. Um, Wings top the Knights five to two. Blackhawks got their second one of the year, two one over the Preds. Wild went to 8-3-0 as of Sunday uh, with the 5-2 win over the Isles. Blues, 7-2-1 with a 4-1 loss to the Ducks. And then the Canucks beat the Stars 6-3. Any games you want to hop into from Sunday night real quick, Nate? 
Yeah, I thought I'd talk a little bit about those uh, those nasty little Red Wings up there in Detroit. All right. Really, uh, really laying it to the Golden Knights the other night. Um, just taking a look at it here. Goal scorers for the Detroit Red Wings. Fabry had one. Raymond had one. Suter had one. Bertuzzi had one. Um, and, yeah, and looks like, I mean, that offense is just doing really well for them. Uh, looking like Tyler Bertuzzi's nine on the year. Uh, pro- I'm going to guess probably leading the Red Wings right now, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of shocking out of him. I didn't, I, you know, not, I wouldn't expect him to be, a, you know, your leading goal scorer out there. Yeah, Raymond's also putting up a serious Calder consideration to start off the year, too. Yeah, six goals for him as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also, oh, also just seeing Tyler Bertuzzi also has six assists on the air to match his nine goals. Fifteen so, points is pretty good. That's a pretty that's a pretty nice little start right there for the uh, for him. I want to – I want. oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was say, I wanted to touch on the Canucks real quick just because – it's fascinating to me. Um, Bo Horvat had three points, goal and two assists. Pedersen had a goal and two assists. And then Quinn Hughes, man. Perennial, we said in the preview, Quinn Hughes, the defenseman <laughs> up in Vancouver, is a perennial Norris Trophy candidate. Three apples in this game. So he had a he had a helper, mm-hmm. you know. So or a playmaker. Sorry, they call it a playmaker when you have when you have a, a hat trick of assists. So three assists from Quinn Hughes um, as the Canucks took down the Stars on Sunday night. Um, Nate, do you have any final words on the NHL recap here? Uh, well, uh, actually, not really recapping, but I'll just give a little uh, update on you know, little NHL live update on what we have right now as we're recording. Uh, so as we're recording, we have the Carolina Hurricanes in overtime with the Tampa Bay Lightning, three thirty-five left, one-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really, you know, that sounds like a great little barn burner there, but. Uh, Stamkos had a goal in the second period for the Lightning, and Teravainen had a goal in the third period on a power play for Carolina. That, Carolina's a wagon. Absolutely. Uh, also going on right now, in the third period, the Red Wings up 3-2 to two on the Oilers, uh, but, you know, the third period, that's a dangerous period for the Oilers. It feels like as soon as they pull a goalie, it's game over. It's certain they're, they're one of those teams. It certainly is. Yep. Uh, goal scorers for Edmonton: Pula Jabari. Uh, Pula Yarvi. Pula Yarvi. Thank you. <laughs> I knew I knew you'd get me there. Pula Yarvi uh, in the second, and McDavid in the th- thirty-eight seconds into the third period. Shocking. He probably skated laps around everybody and then decided to score. Yep. Uh, for Detroit, Nemestikov had one in the first and one in the second. Vladislav Nemestikov. Yeah, and Dylan Larkin with another with one in the second as well, his fourth on the year. There you go, the captain. Absolutely. Uh, St. Louis Blues up or tied with the Winnipeg Jets, one one end of the second. Uh, fucking Pittsburgh Penguins, fuck them down on the or Chicago Blackhawks in the second period. Um, Calgary tied 0-0 with the Sharks, and it's the first period. That's all I got for you. I'll do a quick rundown of the standings. Um, in the Metro, Carolina is 9-1-0, leading it with 18 points. Uh, Columbus is in 5th, uh, 7-3-0. Islanders in 6th at 5-3-2. New Jersey is tied with them at 5-3-2. And And then Pittsburgh bringing up the rear at 4-3-3. Um, let's go to the Atlantic. The Panthers lead the Atlantic. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, 10-1-1 for 21 points. 
Detroit is in fourth. Good for them. They're six five and two. Um, Buffalo in fifth, five five and two, and then Ottawa is three seven and one. So, so the Eastern Conference is playing out right now. Let's go to the Central Division in the Western Conference. Minnesota is eight three and zero for sixteen points. St. Louis right behind him, seven two and one with fifteen. Winnipeg in third at six three and two. Nashville in fourth at six five and one. So they're all within a point of each other. Colorado rough start four five and one, and then Arizona at one ten and one, and then the Pacific Edmonton nine one and zero they lead it, but right behind them Calgary seven one and three, so they're a point behind Edmonton right now. Those overtime losses do come in handy. Um, we'll hop down here to Vegas at six six and zero, so their entire first line's out right now. So we'll see how Vegas looks uh, when they get them back. Vancouver is in seventh at five six and one. And the crackheads playing in the crack house, pulling up the rear, eighth place, four, seven, and one. Um, I don't think anybody expects much out of them. So that is the updated NHL standings going into play on Tuesday night. Obviously, we got a live update, but those games are not final quite yet. So that should just about wrap up this episode of Small Market Insecurities. Uh, we'll go over to you, Nate. Do you have anything you want to tell the wonderful listeners before we sign off? No, not really. Just uh, have a great week of sports watching. Uh, get ready for another losing stat guy, Nate Parlay, at the end of the week. Classic, it's classic. Like, it's like I told you guys last week. Um, just bet the opposite of what I tell you to do, and you'll probably win. If you would have done that this week, you had a good chance. The only one that I got right was the Cardinals over-under. If you would just played the regular parlay. So, you know, be mindful, be smart, and uh, gamble responsibly. Perfect. Sky, co-host of Chaos, what do you got to tell the lovely listeners before we sign off? Sorry, we uh, we kept you for so long. Yeah. This episode. Oh, jeez. Enjoy, uh, enjoy this almost 100-minute episode. Holy cow. Did we really make it that far? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, would right. you say that our stamina's increased? Sponsor us at Erection Pills. Well, well, I guess yeah, because the uh, patent came off. <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna lay, we're gonna, we're not gonna name any brands because we want to leave it open. Yeah, yeah, just anybody with boner pills hit us up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Roman Swipe sponsor us. Jesus, be Roman ready, you know. What I'm saying? Desensitize your podcast. Last longer, Roman Swipes. Jesus for Christ, for him, sponsor us. Yes, we'd love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything for the people though? No. Um, other than that, not really. You you punt about the wire teller extension, obviously. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean. The dude's a, a fucking animal. Cavs are playing well. The the, the Cleveland fan in Sky is uh, very happy. Yeah, I'm content with, with where the city's at sports-wise. Yeah. Could could be worse. Could be better. You never know. Yeah, you know. I got a feeling. Uh, the Guardians are in a hell of a lawsuit right now, so we'll see. Yeah, and my thing is, like, dude, just fucking give them the money. Yeah. So, like, here, I'll give you, like. Buy them out. You know, like, $3 million or whatever, and we'll help you print. New, Buy them you know, out. We'll, we'll help you through the whole process of renaming and reprinting all this shit. It's fair. Just, yeah. you know. Like, I don't see why they end. Like, I'm like. Well, the Guardians, I don't know. The, the, artists the Cleveland baseball team. Yeah. The baseball team formerly known as the Indians. Um, I'm like, just, dude, just fucking pay them. You got all this fucking money, why not? It's Fair not is, worth dragging this shit out. ship is cheap. They proved it when they're players, and it comes to their players. Well, yeah, dude, Dolan's a fucking dipshit. It's true. But let's not open that can. No, it's fair. Yeah. All right. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. That city is. Oh yeah, yeah. I that's, about that. That city is uh, 
you know, title starved. So honestly, though, the reason I'm saying it is one, they beat the cheating Astros, but also fuck the Astros. Also, awesome for Freddie Freeman. He's been there for 12 years. Yeah, good yeah, for him. yeah. Freddie Freeman's awesome. Even though he's won a lot of awards over Joey Votto, which breaks my heart because I love Joey Votto. Freddie Freeman's earned every goddamn award he's he won. That too. So no, he's he's played his ass off forever and been loyal to that franchise, and we love that. Even though we don't consider Atlanta a small market, that is a small market mentality. Yeah. So wanted to give that a quick shout out before Tip we sign cap. off. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats, guys. Enjoy it. Uh, that city's earned it. They've been through a lot. So yeah. Um, yeah, for the guy who loved to hate Stack I Nate and the co-host of Chaos and the co-host of Chaos, Skylar Ball and his oh, I'm sure and his younger brother Lane, who is sitting here in attendance this evening. This has been Phil Razor saying, "Hey, small market insecurities pairs well with biz. Love you guys."